Greater Good Radio. Radio. I use as a rule of thumb that I'm trying to get about five times my money in three years or ten times my money in five years. Hi, we can design your home in one minute or less. Inspire. Inspire. If you are doing your passion on a daily basis, then you're never going to have to work a day in your life. Greater Good Radio, brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, fiercely loyal banking. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where we develop tomorrow's leaders by bringing you up close and personal with today's top business people. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Today's show is brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, fiercely loyal banking. Thank you, Evan. Today's guest is Josh Feldman, president of Tory Richard Limited. Tory Richard was established in 1953 as a retailer of sophisticated women resort wear. Since then, Tory Richard has evolved into fine resort wear, retail stores, and licensing. Josh led a mainland expansion and increased sales by 500% over three years. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Josh Feldman. Welcome to our show, Josh. Thanks very much to have me. I'm, I'm very honored. So, um, Tori Richard is a family business, correct? Correct. It was actually started by my father uh, and a woman named Janice Moody uh, in 1956. And what is your role in the company and your position currently? Today, I am president and CEO. Uh huh. And what do you do? Gosh, um, probably too much of everything. Uh, responsibilities on a day-to-day basis include overseeing operations, make sure we ship product out on time customer service management to make sure that our customers, and we have customers all over the world, uh, to make sure their products are shipped uh, and they're happy with them, uh, doing the sales, product development. Uh, there really isn't much that, that I, I don't do, um, which maybe is to my detriment. I'm not sure yet. I haven't figured that out. Well, how are you managing your time then? Not very well. Uh, and and I, I say that jokingly and seriously. Um, and that is probably my biggest, my biggest issue is time management. And uh, in listening to, to some of the radio shows you've done, um, it seems that, that some people have a good handle on it and some people don't. And I think it's just uh, with time, hopefully, I'll be, be better at it. So when you first got started in your family business, was it after you got out of college or were you always doing things here and there, summertime and when you um, were younger? Yeah, and that's, a, that's a natural question. And, and I, gosh, I wish I had this romantic story of, of playing with sewing machines when I was three years old. But the reality is, is I don't. I don't have that story. Um, Growing up, uh, it was you know it was always there, and occasionally in summers I would help with a few things, uh, but but I was pretty determined not to be a part of that business that that growing up, um, which I think is sort of a natural reaction for a lot of people in similar situations. This sort of this, I'm going to create my own identity separate from it and prove myself beyond it. When did you change your mind then and decide to get involved? When I got smart, um, it became very apparent. Well, one, I always wanted to be able to come back to Hawaii. Um, and when I finished school, uh, my, my, the family was not involved in the, biz, the operating of the business at the time, and there were a lot of issues. And my father said, well, why don't you come back with me, uh, and we'll see, you know, you'll, you'll have take a year off. I was on my way to law school, um, and uh, we'll see what happens. And uh, I have a degree in art in addition to, to a regular uh, BA, and it was just, it was like a, it was built for me. So being that you do a lot of different 
things as president, and your major was in art. Does that mean you also help in the design of the different wear? Well, actually, my major was political science,、oh. but my first role was product development when I came back、uh, with my dad because、uh, we had gone through forty years at that point, on, on less than forty years. Where there really hadn't been a lot of product innovation since the family had left the business, there was absentee management, and with any business with absentee management, things can sometimes get stale. Wait, so nobody in the family was involved at all? It was handled by other people, and there was no oversight or anything there, on the board, or、uh, well, my dad, my dad always retained the title of, of、uh, CEO, and、um, there was family involvement, but he retired from the business in the mid '80s, and we actually moved to New Zealand.、Uh, it's a long, involved story, but.、Um, At that point, there was a, some management that was installed that、um, were certainly accountable to to my father, but there wasn't day to day overseeing. And it, essentially, Torchwood is a small business, and small businesses do best when there's owner operators on the premise. So the thing that I noticed kind of right off the bat is you revamp the look of the line, and then as well as the brand. Tory Richard to me, or Cook Street was was the other. We have, we have a number of brands. That that's one of them.、Uh, Cook Street is one、it、of them. It used to seem like it was more, you know, the older type business people in downtown. But your new look is just more lively. It's a lot more, you know, this fine resort. It's it's kind of more romantic. Was that something right off the bat that you did? Well, one of the one of the great things about this business that that we're in is you get to reinvent yourself periodically, and it, you have to. As a matter of fact, it's required. The companies that don't eventually fall by the wayside. So when we came back, the company desperately needed to be reinvented, and by that I mean product. So the first goal was to modernize the product because it hadn't really been touched in a long time, and we were making a lot of obsolete products that sold in diminishing volumes each season. What does that mean, modernize? Though, does that mean the materials are modernized, or is it well everything?、Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry,、um, mm-hmm. it, it's everything from the fabrication to the artwork that goes into the prints to the cut of the silhouettes. Uh, in the early、uh, '90s, we were making a lot of very slim-cut shirts,、uh, and that point there was this full, more comfortable look that was coming back. Tommy Bahama hadn't started yet, but it was already permeating the market. And、um, then they came on the on the scene in the mid '90s, and really,、uh, interestingly enough, helped a lot of companies like ourselves by in, sort of mainstreaming this this resort concept、uh, of apparel. You know, when you started working with your dad, was it a hard relationship to work with your dad? Oh, or was God, it pretty、yeah. simple? Yeah,、okay. no, it, there was nothing nothing simple about it. It was, it was probably as complex as father son relationships get. And you two were the only ones that in the family involved with the business. Correct.、Um, we came back together, and his job、uh, we sort of we had an arrangement where his job was to focus on the fi- strengthening the finances, and my job was to say, focus on the product and the sales. Um, and that worked out great for about five years, but during that time,、um, we we butted heads all the time, and、uh, so much of it I think was probably because we both had strong personalities, and I wanted to break free from you know from Daddy's watch, but at the same time、uh, he was the one with the wisdom and the experience. So in, in retrospect,、uh, and my father passed away last year.、Uh, He was the bigger person by allowing this to occur because he could have just easily said, "You know, pack your bags, kid, and get out of here." And so he retired, but then he came back with you. Was that、right. to guide you to make more of the company?、Um, well, it, you know, it's interesting. I, I initially thought I'd be back here a year. This is in '94,、um, and here I am. You know, eleven, twelve years later.、Um, I really thought the business was going to fail, and so did he. At that point, we were the business was in trouble,、um, 
And my father had a number of other sort of entrepreneurial endeavors, but this was his first one. So it had a special place for him. And uh, we both moved back here with the intention of turning it around. I didn't really have any long-term goals at that point about what, what I was going to do beyond maybe spending a year. I thought I'd have a great you know, case history for going off to B-School and seeing this, this uh, family uh, institution just decline. So you mentioned that he had the experience and the wisdom. What are the uh, three most important things that you learned from your father to help have the company succeed? Um, well, you know, it's interesting. As I listen to a few of the other radio shows, um, there seems to be a common thread. And, and number one, above all, was integrity and honesty. And uh, your word is your bond. And so many of our relationships with our suppliers and also our customers is all done on a handshake, which is unusual today. Uh, we have relationships with our suppliers that goes back, in some cases, almost 50 years. Uh, and a lot of those wouldn't have occurred uh, today had we not lived up to our commitments. Uh, that's number one, so integrity and honesty. Um, number two, uh, deliver uh, under, excuse me, um, what is it? Uh, under promise and over deliver. And gosh, number three, um, be a good person because uh, there, there's a number of ways to try to get respect from your employees, but I think they inherently respect you if you're fair to them and reasonable and, and you're a decent person. You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Today's guest is Josh Feldman, president of Tory Richard Limited. Josh joined his family company in 1993 and helped to take over the mainland market and increase sales by 500% over three years. In 2003, Tory Richard opened four flagship high-brand concept stores within 14 months. Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Our show is brought to you by Central Pacific Bank. Fiercely, low banking. So with your experience now uh, having a success working in a family business, what kind of advice could you give others that are either just starting to work within their family businesses or thinking about it? Well, the, the majority of businesses in this country are family businesses, but there's still a very much a stigma attached within the family, uh, usually among successor generations, about going back into the business. Gosh, it's almost like I couldn't make it on my own, so my, my fallback was the family business. Um, those of us that actually work in the family business know that that couldn't be further from the truth. And if anything, it's actually easier in the outside world. But my advice to anyone who has that opportunity, and it is an opportunity, is absolutely, positively take the opportunity. Because things can be achieved that could not be achieved on your own. And there's absolutely no shame in a family business and continuing a legacy that your parents had started. When you joined the company, how many employees were there? Um, well, it's interesting because when we came back, we at that point had our own factory, which had sewers and traditional factory, garment factory sense. Um, and one of the most difficult things we had to do due to workers' comp costs at that point in the mid-90s, they were skyrocketing, and our insurer went out of business. So we got put in what was called the assigned risk pool, which meant that the state covered the insurance, and their premiums were running, I think, around 15% of payroll, which is almost triple the national average. We had to close our factory as a result of that. Um, the other component was um, that we couldn't get the capacity and the quality out of any factory in Hawaii. So we let 70 people go. So at that point, we had about 140 employees. So immediately, um, we went down to, I think, around 60 or so. Today, we have a little over 100, and that includes all the employees for the retail stores. Wait, so when you, guys, when you came into this business, you stepped into a, a problem. Oh, it was a major problem. Yeah. yeah. 
No, this was not a thriving family business when we stepped into it. It was a, a business that had been managed absentee and uh, was sort of cr- crawling along, limping along. So what were the ma- main things you did in order to get out of that? What were the first things that you had to attack? Um, the first thing we had to attack was costs. Uh, and then the second thing we had to attack was product because that in our business, that is the most important thing. The right product makes up for a lot of mistakes, makes up for bad mark, good mark, bad marketing, and makes up for um, any kind of mistake you can imagine. If you have a product people want and it retails, everything else comes easy. So how did you reduce operation costs? Well, and that's that's probably led to my micro my bad time management skills today. I almost said micromanagement, but my, my bad time management skills because one of the things I learned early on was that God was in the details. We looked at, um, I looked at, oh God, almost everything from where we printed uh, order forms to thread costs to costs for toilet paper, um, every single thing. And it's a habit that uh, I learned because we were so hand-to-mouth at that time that even today I find myself questioning these these bills, but it does take up a lot of time that I could be using better elsewhere. But also since you own the company, you kind of have that, you know, it's come, coming out of your pocket. So Absolutely. You, you look at things a lot differently than if you just work somewhere. Absolutely. And that's also one of the benefits of a family business, particularly if you're fortunate to work with siblings or other family members, is that they care about the business a lot differently than other employees. Now, I should say that we have a number of employees that have been with the company over 40 years. Um, but the typical, uh, we looked at it not too long ago, the average length of employment at the company is about 15. So we have groups of employees that have been with us 20, 30, 40, even one for 48 years. And then we have employees that have been with us only five years. Um, and the employees have been with us a long time. They are very much like family. Did you have any issue when you first came in that people didn't want to give you respect because you're a boss's son? Absolutely. And I, I think that's a pretty common element in any family business, particularly as a new one, newcomer comes in. Um, and it makes it that much more difficult for the people like myself coming into the business because there's this sort of gnawing uh, at the back of your mind that does this person you know, actually value what I'm contributing and questioning yourself. So you have to work twice as hard, show up early, leave late. Thanks, Josh. We'll talk more about that after the break. Stay tuned for more on Sports Radio 1420. How do you sell this company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. What does coaching have to do with running a business? Welcome to the Money Minute from Central Pacific Bank. Today we're talking with Sherry Lee, commercial banker. Whenever we hear the word coach, we usually think of the folks who teach our kids soccer or baseball or some other sport. But coaches aren't just for kids. There are business coaches out there who can help you guide your company. Like a soccer coach providing motivation to a team... A good business coach can energize you with new ideas and new growth strategies. That includes analyzing industry trends and developing your network of contacts. Most importantly, a business coach can provide you with an objective outside opinion, free from the emotions that come with being an owner. Just like in sports, good coaching may be just what you need 
for your business to win consistently. Today's Money Minute is brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, where you'll always find bankers that are fiercely loyal to you. Central Pacific Bank, member FDIC. This is Gail Jennings from HawaiiDiner.com and EverybodyEats.org. I read selectively all of the papers, but I tend to read more of the columns at Star Bulletin. A lot of it is I like Erica Engel. I like her column, The Buzz. I get good information from that. I like their coverage of the different issues. I like the Star Bulletin. Would you recommend other people to read Star Bulletin? Absolutely. I think we need to be as informed as possible. Star Bulletin. This is Jim Tollefson, President and CEO of the Chamber of Commerce of Hawaii. I definitely would recommend the Chamber of Commerce to others. The benefits are that you get to meet other businesses, you get to work together with other businesses, and help you improve your business to make more money to be successful. If you're not a member already, you can give me a call, 545-4300, extension 388. I invite you to join us in creating a better Hawaii, Hawaii that's better for us, for our children, and for the future. Josh Feldman, President of Tory Richard Limited. Let's let's continue more on how you prove how you prove yourself and how you get past the um, stigma of people thinking that you're just boss's son. Well, I, I, in some ways, you never really get past that, um, and you just learn that that you do what you think is right, and hopefully, that time time will will prove to the people that are skeptics that you're the real McCoy. Was there a, like a turning point though, where so you did something or something happened? They went, oh. He's the real deal now. Um, I think every day, uh, maybe, maybe I hope somebody you know else comes to that sort of uh, moment of enlightenment. <laughs> but uh, really, nothing breeds uh, respect like success. And uh, we're very fortunate. Uh, the last uh, ten years have been very good to us. And I think the employees realize that it's because of these actions that we're, we are where we are today. What was that experience like, and what did you learn most about yourself? being that you had to walk into this problem, you know, with your family business, and then now you're saying, okay, we're watching what we spend on toilet paper. We're watching what we spend on thread. And these people for all these years, you said, it wasn't managed that way. So what did you learn about yourself? Gosh, what did I learn about myself? Um, that I actually really enjoy those details, <laughs> which which I think sometimes drives other employees crazy. Um they, they know I have the right interests at heart, but sometimes I might get in their way questioning the, you know, the, the office supply they ordered when I really should be looking at a bigger picture. Um, and that's something that a lot, of, a lot of the employees are sort of helping me with, um, holding my hand, uh, getting to that point. But it's very difficult to let go. Um, and I, I think I, I, that's been a real advantage for me because I didn't walk into a turnkey a turnkey uh operation i mean we were we were in difficulty so i've had the advantage of seeing what a business looks like uh when it's very very bad and when it's very very good and i know i do not want to go back to when it was very very bad so what do you think are the main things needed to keep it very very good well again it comes down in our business to product and you have to keep the product relevant 
Um, and it's interesting, today uh, we had a series of meetings. We have a brand consulting firm uh, from the mainland in town this week. So I've had meetings all week with them. And we were sort of looking at rebranding a lot of the product again, uh, as we did 10 years ago. And uh, it's almost a generational thing. Uh, as we uh, the generation moves on that we've been catering to, we need to make sure that we have the right product and brand image that appeals to the one behind it. So you walked into this problem, and you know you looked at all these little costs, and you changed the look of the company and added new things. You increased revenue sales to 500% in three years. How are you able to do that? Well, it, the, it, it sounds like a, a feat, but in our business, that's actually not uncommon um, to see that kind of growth. A lot of it was just the, the pure luck of timing, um, where things were happening you know, in the country and in the market where, where a lot of these resort looks uh, became very popular on the mainland. Today, about 80% of our business is done outside of the state of Hawaii. Wait, so outside of the state of Hawaii, meaning U.S. or meaning the world? Well, primarily continental U.S., yeah. I, I would say that accounts for the bulk of that 80%. Have you guys thought about going uh, further than that or more global, or is the market primarily the best in the U.S.? And well, we're, too, we're too small of a company to be meaningful in a global sense. Um, we do have, um, we do have a cust- customers in foreign countries. We certainly, we do a Japan business. We do some European business, primarily in Sunbelt regions like the Riviera. Um, but world trade restrictions are such that, and, and we have so many sources of supply, that it becomes an issue. Um, our products aren't competitive, uh, and we don't have the kind of brand power to overwhelm that, like uh, a, uh, a Polo would, where you know Polo actually has you know, a whole division that caters just to Europe, for example. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking about making things more exclusive then and, and keeping maybe higher price points as opposed to making things more available? Well, we're about providing value, and and uh, you know while our products are not necessarily the most inexpensive products, they have tremendous value, and that is our primary focus. And the price becomes secondary when that when you're focusing on the product in that way. So, when you're talking about value, though, how would you quantify that? I mean, when you look at a product, what is it that creates the value? What adds the value? Well, it's content. I mean, in our business, it's the kind of fabrications you use, the kind of detailing that you provide, the kind of construction. Um, the exclusivity, uh, you know, if you sell your product to every Tom, Dick, and Harry that has a dollar bill, then it ceases to be exclusive and that's perceived value and act, in most cases actual value declines. You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Today's guest is Josh Feldman, president of Tory Richard Limited. Tory Richard Limited believes in supporting the community and has donated close to $1 million to local and national charities. Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Our show is brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, fiercely loyal banking. So the show's focus is on uh, businesses and entrepreneurs that are doing good things in the community. You guys have given away a lot of money in terms of your business. Is that part of your social mission, or is that just charity? Charity. It's it's charity for charity's sake, um, and and that is it's certainly a responsibility of any successful business. I mean, to be to be frank. Uh, if we weren't successful, we wouldn't be able to contribute as much as we do. Um, and also, uh, most of us at the company are very, very busy, and we haven't been able to share our time, which is really what uh, most charity is. So when you guys are looking at um, supporting organizations, what, what is it that you guys are looking for? Well, locally, we, we try to find organizations that are close to our own mission, um, things in the arts, uh, and then people in need. Not that we 
make products people in need, but um, it, it, it is merit. It's merit based. But is it things that your employees are bringing to your attention, or people okay, occasionally? Um, a, a lot of it will be from employees. Um, a lot of it will be causes that my dad has supported for many, many years that today we continue to support. Um, after World War II, my father spent time with Father Flanagan uh, in Boys Town, and uh, we don't contribute a lot, but I, we still make sure that every year we send that check off to them. Okay, well, thank you so much, Josh, for joining us today on Greater Good Radio Hawaii. For more information on today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio Hawaii. This show is brought to you today by Central Pacific Bank, fiercely loyal banking.